0: Radio News. This is Bob Gibson reporting that Congress wants to take a long, hard look at intelligence-gathering organizations. The Senate meets tomorrow and is expected to approve plans to establish a committee to investigate such agencies, including the CIA. In Washington, Republican Senator Howard Baker, who will serve on that panel, says it will go further back than the Nixon administration.
1: I think
2: that not only should we inquire of the only living ex-president about his concept of the relationship to the intelligence community and whether or not he had control of it. But also we should search carefully the files in the archives of the Johnson Library, of the Kennedy Library, of the Truman Library, of the Eisenhower Library, to find any place, any indication of how the intelligence community has interfaced with The executive department, I very much fear that nobody's at the rudder
0: of the ship. Senator Baker, who was on ABC's Issues and Answers, says President Nixon will be, former President Nixon, will be subpoenaed by the committee if necessary to get information about spying activities. Vice President Rockefeller, chairman of the commission appointed by President Ford to probe illegal CIA activities, says he believes his panel will uncover violations and abuses of a ban on Central Intelligence Agency operations within the U.S. More news after this. If you're confused by weekly specials and wonder where the real car values are today,
3: here's good news. Effective immediately, Lincoln Mercury is paying cash refunds on new current models of Capri and Comet, if you buy now. A $500 cash refund on the exclusive sexy European Capri. A fully equipped car with a long list of standard features whose base sticker price hasn't got up since 1973. A $200 cash refund on the roomy gas dingy Mercury Comet. And this isn't limited to just certain models. You can choose any current model of Comet or Capri. Then make the best possible deal and take advantage of high trade-ins now being offered. If you take delivery any time before March 1st, Lincoln Mercury will send you a $500 cash refund on Capri. A $200 cash refund on Comet. Don't buy any new car. Until you see the real car values at your Lincoln Mercury dealer. At the sign of the cat.
0: President Ford has proclaimed tomorrow National MIA Awareness Day. It coincides with the second anniversary of the signing of the Vietnam Peace Accords in Paris. And NBC's John Cochran in Washington says there is one group which is not letting the occasion pass unnoticed. About 150 relatives of MIAs marched outside the building housing the Communist Chinese delegation in Washington. Marine Dunn, wife of a Navy flyer missing in China, tried to present a petition to a delegation employee, a petition asking for Peking's help in determining the fate of MIAs. I tried to get it in, he
4: threw it back in my face, he said we will not accept
0: it. Washington police then told Mrs. Dunn and other relatives of missing servicemen to leave the Chinese delegation building or face arrest. After a brief confrontation, they left, but tonight they will demonstrate near the White House, seeking President Ford's help in getting an accounting of missing servicemen. The General Accounting Office has issued a report critical of the VA. The investigative arm of Congress charges that the Veterans Administration largely ignores a law requiring it to advise imprison and parole veterans of their VA benefits. The report adds there are 44,000 veterans housed in 280 federal and state penal institutions, but that only 142 of those prisons received VA service. You're listening to NBC News
3: sure I've heard that phrase, give to the college of your choice. Good idea. And I know all colleges need more money, what with inflation and all. It's just that since I graduated, I have been so busy, not just with my career, but with the community affairs too, I haven't found the time to reevaluate. Take the time now and give more to the college of your choice. Now. A public service message of this station and the Advertising Council.
0: Congressional Democrats from Michigan are meeting in Detroit this weekend, and two of them, Senator Philip Hart and Representative William Ford, have criticized the president's raising of the import duty on foreign oil. They claim it's inequitable and ineffective. The Senate Judiciary Committee tomorrow begins questioning Edward Levy, nominated by President Ford, to succeed William Saxby as Attorney General. Observers believe that Levy will win approval without delay. Egyptian President Anwar Sadat becomes the first head of state from his country to enter France in 55 years when he begins a state visit to Paris tomorrow. Sadat will hold three days of talks with French President Giscard d'Estaing, and the Egyptian leader says he's prepared to buy plenty of military hardware. The hour's lead story. The Senate tomorrow is expected to approve creation of a panel to investigate intelligence organizations, and Senator Howard Baker, who will serve on that committee, says it will subpoena former President Nixon if necessary to gather information on alleged spying activities. Bob Gibson, NBC News.
5: Wilson and I bring you this uh, sadly the last day of Monitor. We've invited a lot of old friends back for our farewell party. Uh, Dave Garraway, John Chancellor among them. I have a sort of a surprise for Dave and you. But first some music. We played this uh, back in, let's see, 1967. Yeah. The Association, Wendy. The age of Aquarius in 1969. Aquarius by the group that's uh, just about my favorite, I think, of all the groups we played on monitor. This one just knocked me off the chair the first time I heard it. Fifth Dimension and Aquarius. <laughs> Stuff, a lot of new stuff here on monitor. This is the last day, you know, and you only hear this a few more times. But you'll hear it right now. You're on the monitor beacon. Zucker, and yes, Monitor. And yes, G C C. Riley's big in 1968. PGA, I want to tell you all a story about a Harper Valley
6: winner. and going wild and we don't believe you ought to be a bringing up your little girl this way and it was signed by the secretary harper valley tta
5: We felt like playing Sentimental Journey when Dave Garway walked into the studio, but I guess we'll save that for later. And before Dave says anything, I have a tape here from one of his shows on monitor, if you allow me, Dave. Let me play this first. Uh, you remember it. It was your interview with Berlin Monroe. I wonder if I'm scared of you. Are most men scared of you? I'm
7: not sure whether I should be frightened of you or not.
1: No, nobody's scared of
7: me. I don't know. I, I bet a lot of guys are scared of you, though, because you're such a institution now really you are you're a kind of a national possession do you feel that you belong to the nation as a whole
1: uh, i don't know quite what you mean by that no, i certainly. live here
7: no. <laughs> that'll do it very nicely uh, i hear that you're moving to new york city to live is it so
1: yes um this will be my home from now on mm-hmm. that is until i retire And when I retire, I'm going
7: to retire to Brooklyn. Yeah, I remember. Who'd forget? Who in the world would ever forget? That was Maryland, A long time ago. You you didn't sound in awe of her at all, but were you? A little bit? That's my business, not to sound in awe. You're doggone right I was in awe. (laughs) No, she she wasn't awful. Um, I don't mean that in the wrong way. She wasn't uh, awe-inspiring uh, when she wasn't acting, and she wasn't acting uh, that day. And she was like all movie people. She's a girl. He's a, a fellow. And I've never met anybody that wasn't a human being. In fact, the monitor first day. I you can't forget yeah, that June twelfth, uh, nineteen fifty-five. And you're going off, uh, it'll be about 19 and a half years, right?
5: Yep, just about.
7: Well, then I was right. Gone. Pat Weaver's assistant came into the office, and I was lying down, I remember, and he said, Dave, uh, we want you to do a show on radio. We're going to call it Monitor, and it's going to be... Um, and he went into a kind of a vague description, and I, I sat there and... Uh, I said, no, Alan, I don't think it's going to work. I'd rather not, if you don't mind. And uh, he came back a couple hours later and he said, uh, Pat would like you to do it very much as a personal favor to him. This is Pat Weaver, who was at that time uh, the great president of NBC. And uh, uh, I said, well, sure. Gee, if Pat wants me to do it, I'll I'll do anything for Pat. So I uh, came in, but I see I was right. After 19
5: and a half years, you're a flop. You're going <laughs> That first day, you, your recollections of that very first program. Mm. Not the slightest. No. Really?
7: That's no. interesting. Mm-mm. In fact, I have fewer, uh, to be honest, really, fewer recollections of Monitor than I have of of getting off and on the elevator out there (laughs) well it's
5: an experience Uh, yeah
7: monitor was very much linear uh we came in and we did little bits and pieces and there were several of us spread out here pete roberts sat next to me for years and only once in a while in the control room something would go wrong would we look up from our argosy magazine or whatever we were studying that week uh I recall one exotic night uh, when at 7.01, all the lights went off in here. We went on there at 7, and at 7.01, all the illumination went off. The, the pilot lights on the switchboard didn't go off, but you can't see much by those. And we had scripts, you know, to read and commercials to read. And for several minutes, it was really black. No one smoked, you see, and... Um, and then somebody found some matches, uh, and there was one or two in the pack, just one or two. Meanwhile, screaming and yelling for flashlights, no flashlights. And uh, the matches burned for a few seconds, went out, it was all black again. And then somebody got a flashlight, and then uh, by that we could read on one microphone, and we it took. 20 minutes to get two or three flashlights, and the lights went back on about that time.
5: Progress is amazing now. You and I are sitting here with two flashlights. Yeah, aren't we? <laughs> you got any matches? No. <coughs> but you not. That's probably the only mistake the control room's ever made in 19 and a half years. <laughs> you said before you don't have too many memories of monitor, but mostly about getting on and off the, the elevators out here, but uh, you, you you said you all sat around here. Did you ever play? many kind of practical jokes on each other you and peter roberts or any of the other fellows, we seldom spoke to each other
1: <laughs> <laughs>
5: that got a mighty laugh in
7: the control room just now yeah no. No, no pete barbets and i were on all the time and and uh but we had our little duties to you know to check off this and check off that and we were busy with the routine and then whatever we were reading and um Occasionally we'd uh, interchange a laugh or two, but it never got far because always up come up came the mic or something. And we were on the air and it got interrupted so much
5: that um, we talked more outside than we did inside. Well, Dave, you away. I never thought I'd meet you, but it's a great pleasure. And, uh, and to hear a little sentimental journey as we go out here. All right. It's Monitor Weekend, pleasant uh, in that a lot of uh, old friends of Monitor are dropping by, and a lot of people had a lot to do with Monitor from the day it started almost 20 years ago. One of them is uh, John Chancellor, and uh, I don't see any tears in your eyes or anything, but you uh, must have some great memories of it.
4: Well, I have a lot of memories of Monitor. It was, um, I don't know quite what my contribution was in the early days. We covered a lot of fires and things like that when I worked in Chicago. My favorite recollection of it, though, is the total dedication of young NBC employees in those days and the fact that they could sublimate their personalities to an extraordinary degree. We had interviews that were to have been done or were, uh, uh, were presented as interviews that Dave Garraway did. And for my sins, I got to do a lot of these interviews, and then Garraway would ask the questions, and they would play the tape, or I guess it wasn't wire in those days, uh, of the answers I got from people, and my voice never appeared. And I got a call from New York one day saying, the interviews are fine, but they're not personal enough. Mm. And I said, well, what do you mean personal? And they said, well, have the people begin the answers with, well, Dave... So I tried this for a week or two and interviewed some people, and they kept forgetting to say, well, Dave. So I got a sign printed that said Dave and hung it around my neck. And in asking questions, I would point as they thought of the answer to Dave. And I guess we had the highest well, Dave rate at, at uh, the network.
1: <laughs>
4: Worked fine. Everybody was happy. Oh, yes. It was a different radio in those days. The country was different in those days. The country, 20 years ago, was discovering itself in terms of communication. Television and radio were performing quite different functions in an original way. And Monitor was one of the most exciting programs that I think I've ever heard in that historical context. And the reason for it was that it did tie up the whole country. It made you feel that you were a citizen of the United States. Not just a Chicagoan or a New Yorker listening to a radio station, but for most of all of those weekends, you did have a feeling that the country was sharing and participating in a single enterprise. And that was magic.
5: Well, Dave. Oh, I'm sorry. You were, <laughs> you were pointing to your sign. It's and my sign. I, I thought you... <laughs> no, it's been nice talking with you here about Monitor. And, uh, we're talking to John Chancellor... Uh, Known to Intimates as Jack Chancellor, I think, and once known as Dave Chancellor in the old days in Chicago. But it's nice to have you in New York. I hope you don't leave. You're You're not going to leave, are you?
4: No, I have no intention to. Good, good.
5: Well, it is a sentimental journey here for us The last day of Monitor The last live hour I Say that And uh, Big Wilson and I are bringing it to you The kiss of death The two of us, I guess John Bartholomew Tucker here This is Monitor Still On NBC
0: Update. This is Bob Gibson with an update report on the news. Senator Howard Baker, a member of the Select Committee on Intelligence Operations, says the panel will subpoena former President Nixon if necessary to obtain information on spying activities. Vice President Rockefeller, who heads the commission named by President Ford to investigate alleged CIA wrongdoing, says he expects the group to uncover violations and abuses of a ban on CIA intelligence-gathering operations within the U.S. The world's major oil-exporting countries have concluded a three-day meeting in Algiers, announcing agreement to meet in Paris sometime this summer with representatives of oil-consuming nations. Egyptian President Sadat travels to Paris tomorrow for three days of talks with French President Giscard d'Estaing talks, which are expected to see Sadat express an interest in purchasing military hardware, including Mirage jet fighters. Israeli Defense Minister Shimon Perez says Palestinian guerrillas have created a potentially explosive situation by assuming control of a Lebanese border town. UAW President Leonard Woodcock says the profit margins of the auto industry have been paper thin for more than a year, and therefore says Woodcock it's impossible for the car companies to lower their prices because it would mean losing money. The Detroit News, meanwhile, quotes GM Board Chairman Thomas Murphy is saying he believes the worst is over for the auto industry. Congressional investigators have charged the Veterans Administration with ignoring a federal law requiring it to advise imprison and parole veterans of their VA benefits. Bob Gibson, NBC Update.
5: John Bartholomew Tucker and Monitor here. Another of our uh, good friends has dropped by, and this our last day. Hugh Downs, yeah. Here, when Monitor began, he's here today for the last time around. No tears, though. Just uh, raindrops from B.J. Thomas. Raindrops keep falling on my head. Funny about that.
1: Raindrops are falling on
5: my head. And just like the guy who's beat up too big for his bed. Nothing seems to fit, those raindrops are falling on my head, they keep falling, so I just didn't need some talking to the sun, and I said I didn't like the way he got things done, sleeping on the job, those raindrops are falling. I keep falling on my head. BJ Thomas there. Small pause while, uh, hey, yeah, sit down, Hugh. Okay. When Hugh Dodds began his career at NBC in New York, there were four successful programs on the air, which he eventually became a part of The Today Show, The Tonight Show, The Arlene Francis Home Show, and Monitor. And I believe, Hugh, you started with Monitor. Well, when I came to New York, I was on monitor very shortly after
2: I came to New York, but I I was brought here, I like to think, in order to do the home show, and that was kind of the first thing I did, but I I realized that I had been, at that time, out of radio for quite a while, and it really felt good to get back and do some. You were up from
5: Chicago in those days. Right.
2: I came here in 54, and I think it was 55 that I started monitoring.
5: When the uh, monitor started, uh, w- uh, I'm ending it. I'm sorry to say you began it. We we're, were called hosts now, you were called communicators. Yeah, you? that's right. That was the term, I think. Term. Who, who was your co-communicator?
2: Was that Peter, Peter Roberts? Peter Roberts. Right, right. Peter Roberts. And then Frank Blair followed, as I recall. And, and I, I guess I'm following him here today. So. <laughs> Peter Roberts is noted uh, within the industry as having a laugh that he cannot control. <laughs> Was't it? Yeah, he was a very humorous <laughs> fellow. We, we, really a lot of very funny things happened back then in those days. And I guess that's part of what livened it up. Some deliberate, and on my part, some <laughs> non-intentional. but I remember, I remember one when Bob and Ray were on, following the the thing that I was doing, and uh, they sat over in a corner quietly. And I did a stop-tape interview that had been, um, you know, preset. So uh, can uh, you explain that just a bit? Some people might not understand. Yeah, I might explain. That. What they do, many times, you can get good interviews by having somebody go into the field and ask a series of questions and get the answers, and then you play the answers, and the, and the communicator live in the studio would ask a question, and the tape would give the proper answer because he'd ask the same question that had been asked. Well, for some reason, they had... They had uh, stricken one of the questions and they hadn't stricken the answer from the tape so i got four questions into this interview with a musical group called something like three coins in the fountain or whatever they were and i said everything went all right until the fourth question when i said uh, how long have you guys been playing together And the answer came back, well, we leave that up to our manager less. (laughs) It didn't seem right to me. I asked the next question, and got the same kind of non-sequitur. You know, meantime, Bob and Ray are collapsing quietly in the studio. And I said, at one point, I said, I can hear you guys fine, but I'm sure you're not hearing me. And then I explained the process, you know. But Bob and Ray came on immediately afterward and ad-libbed an interview with some band leader where they did the same thing, just just right off the top of their head. And I remember it ended where they said... uh, They said, well, it was real nice talking to you, and we hope you'll come back sometime. And the band leader said, uh, fire away with the questions.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
3: Lord.
2: Did you ever break up? Did they or Peter Roberts ever break you up? Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, a couple of times. I can't remember the specific incident, but Peter Roberts' laugh alone would tend to break you up, <laughs> I think.
5: <laughs> Say, maybe we could take a break. Uh, you'll, you'll stick around for all sure, time. Sure, i love to. Good. Uh, reminisce about some more things. We're talking, of course, I don't have to tell anybody who's listening to Monitor right now with Hugh Downs. with us in our last 15 minutes of this hour of monitor right here on the monitor beacon. NBC, he had distinguished himself on several of this network's most popular programs. We're talking about his being a communicator on Monitor Radio, I suppose, was the first love. But who would turn down a chance to go on the Tonight Show? Uh, you didn't, of course, and that kind of started everything, didn't it? Yeah, I think it did. That was a fierce
2: spotlight that was created there, and some of it slopped over on me and did me some good. Did you have misgivings in the beginning? Oh, yeah. The first week we all had misgivings because they thought it was going to be, everybody, including Jack Parr, thought it would be late night movies within a week because it was just, the first show was terrible. The second show began to pick up because Dodie Goodman was on, and uh, that began to, and then by by four weeks it was off and running and you know, becoming a real factor. So I was happy to be associated with it. And then uh, came the Today program out of that, I guess, in a way out of it. It did, in a way out of it, because. Uh, well, there was a changeover on today. John Chancellor wanted to get back to news, and at the same time, Parr had left, and um, and I uh, was asked to do today, and it was a great a great pleasure. What were your feelings? Try question number 27. When somebody called up and said, Hugh, how would you like to do the Today Show? I was very flattered, you know, and I began to think immediately about the transition from uh, broadcasting late at night to coming on in the early morning and, and the different technique of broadcasting, too. It's a different, uh, not only different time of day, but a different approach. And I was happy to make the change because I never felt like I was a part of showbiz, you know, and I, I lamented that fact. But uh, at the same time, I would have had fun continuing on tonight, I'm sure. But I felt like doing something like today was uh, a little more rewarding on certain levels.
5: Can we mention Concentration? Sure. It sounds like this is your life. You've had uh, some life so far, and you're, you're on to other things. Now, we'll talk about that in a minute. Concentration always looked like a lot of fun, just a lot of fun.
2: It was so much fun, John. It appealed to my scotch blood to to give away all those prizes when it didn't cost me any money. You know, it really was a great pleasure. I figured out one time I gave away over 800 new cars
5: on that program. Good Lord. You have always known it as a generous man, but I had no idea. <laughs> generous to a fault. <laughs> Uh, now, you're working, or you've completed, I guess, a film. Yes, did I was executive producer
2: and have done the narration for a film based on Richard Bach's book, Nothing by Chance, which was about barnstorming and flying in and out of farmer's fields in old airplanes, in old open cockpit biplanes. So we assembled a fleet of old biplanes and spent okay. a summer uh, in and out of farmer's fields, and I'll tell you, the there is a... There is a grasp of America that you cannot get. You're driving on the superhighways or certainly not flying in jets at 30,000 feet. It's a prairie land activity. You don't do it in the mountains. But it was done by Charles Lindbergh in 25 and 26, and Glenn Curtis started it right after World War I. Uh, We felt we were the only anti-inflationary trend going in America because Glenn Curtis charged $15 a ride. And Charles Lindbergh charged $6 $6 and then $5 a ride and we charged $3 a ride and, and made money. You know, it was really, really weird. You could get enough money for hamburgers and gasoline and we just to uh, the film crew and, and uh, filmed what happened with a very good, sophisticated group that knows how to do aerial photography. So. No acting or anything like Snow that. No, it's all a documentary me. adventure. We had four airplane accidents, destroyed two planes, and nobody seriously hurt. What's it called again? Nothing that- by chance. Nothing by chance. Nothing by chance. Yeah. Executive producer, Hugh Downs. Yep. Gee, it's been nice it's talking to you. A lot here. of fun. Great, John. Thank yeah, you. Much. You feel right at home again, don't you, sir? I sure you? do. Yeah, I feel like I ought to do a commercial or a station break. You <laughs> want to just say this is Hugh Downs on NBC Monitor? <laughs> ah, that'll be a great pleasure. Yeah. Great pleasure. Give me a cue. Uh, it's been awfully nice talking with you, sir. <laughs> thank you, John. This is Hugh Downs on NBC Monitor. <laughs> hey, did
1: you happen to see the moon? I'm
5: Most beautiful girl in the world. Well, there are songwriters and songwriters. When it comes to writing lyrics, there's one who stands very tall. Love and marriage, high hopes, call me irresponsible, pocket full of dreams. And he wrote those and many more. Now, this is Sammy Kahn in Beverly Hills with a lyric to an old, old song for an old, old friend, Monitor. <laughs> first came around in 1955. It's been a long, long time. And it had a brand new sound cause Monitor was live. It's been a long, long time. And every doubter soon became a true believer. So here's about to our then Prez Pat Weaver For twenty years old Monitor has managed to Survive It's been a long, long Time And we had communicators Like Dave Garraway. It's been a long, long Time Clifton Fadiman all had things to say. It's been a long, long time. And if you really want to speak of staying power, even way back then we had been grower. Men we think of with affection to this very day. It's been a long, long time. Nichols and Nate and Bob and Ray gave humor to the show. It's been a long, long time. And that Harry Golden with his southern Yiddish glow. It's been a long, long time. And when we needed raucous laughter for Phyllis, Monitor could count on Phyllis Diller. Marlena Dietrich's beauty hints were big on radio. It's been a long, long time. Then Steve White asked, could we write a tenth year birthday song? It's been a long, long time. So Sammy Kahn and James Van Heusen wrote the whole day long. It's been a long, long time I can't believe that 20 years are now behind us And it took four choruses to remind us It's old lang syne for monitor So sing it loud and strong It's been a long, Thank you Sammy Kahn what do you say after that except thank you it's time my time i guess to say goodbye to all of you listeners who become friends of this program and it's nearly 20 years of existence we leave you reluctantly we leave you we hope with some indelible memories we certainly have them this is John Bartholomew Tucker and you'll never hear this sound live at this hour again this is monitor on NBC